Good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Not Safe for Work Photography Podcast. There are thousands of models and photographers creating adult content using modern platforms and taking control of their own creative lives. Today, we're speaking with Lonnie from Ebony Art Workshops in New York City, and we're discussing, surprise, workshops. How are you? Hey, I'm fun. How you doing? I am doing pretty good. It's unfortunately, we're recording this on Sunday night, and I have to go back to the day job tomorrow, but I'll live. Hey. That's what the day jobs are for, you know, but yeah. we about weekends to do our photography and our passion. Why not? True that. So let's start off with a quick introduction. Lonnie, tell me about yourself. All right. Um, I've been working in uh, entertainment for about 11 years. And I kind of started with photography in college. I had a college class in um, a community college back when I went and Basically, that kind of got me started in the photography world. I, um, you know, the retirement for the class was to pick up a camera, a digital camera, and had to be a DSLR. So made that six hundred dollars investment, and in my head, I'm like, okay, well, I paid six hundred dollars for this. It's the most expensive class <laughs> I've ever had. I'm gonna make sure I. Did. I didn't even at that point in time of college, I was like so lazy. I didn't even buy books. I just downloaded PDFs. So. Made that investment and definitely got into just jumping into photography. And and funny part about that is my for my um, senior project was we actually ended up having to do something abstract, some type of abstract art. And I ended up doing my first nude photography for that class. I was 19 years old and I did, uh, I submitted, that was my project. I did nude, nude photography, um, art nude photography for that um, project. And that's kind of was my start into all of this. Uh, uh, and I actually got an A, my, my um, A plus actually. <laughs> my, my professor was nice. like super, super duper open-minded and just like loved my bravery. And then it was, you know, funny quick uh story about that like I had there was a, there was some extreme Christian guys in my class and they really really got on me like oh how could you do that da, 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 da. and it was just very awkward but it was great because it's the teacher had a super duper smooth smile on her face the whole time and knew I understood <laughs> you know that aspect of photography and understood that that is a uh, a really very well respected part of photography and just didn't understand you know didn't understand that a, a 19 year old college kid would just have the balls to just go ahead and do that so that's kind of how I got started so how did you get into the running workshops business especially when you said you just came back about a year ago or so yes so i when i was start, when i moved i moved back to new york um i was living in miami for a while doing a lot of entertainment stuff in miami and I just would always, when I was in Miami, I would always run off from my day job to just, you know, do some, just like modeling work and stuff like that for, you know, models and stuff like that. And I was just like, okay, I'm kind of back, have one foot in the door here. When I got back to New York, I was like, okay, let me put another foot in the door. Let me try to go and start building my portfolio. And really was looking around for workshops couldn't find anyone that catered to the type of woman that i like to shoot like i said this is my mm -hmm. pastime um, i have a dude to have a day job and for an entertainment so wanted to shoot a particular type of woman um obviously um you know african-american or latina woman and there was no workshops that offered that interesting yeah it was literally it was a few good workshops i'll give them you know the little bit of a uh, heads up here, um, you know, New York's photo workshop, peak photo workshop, uh, there's a Manhattan photo workshop. 
New York. I think I think I did some names in New York. So there was a few, a lot of workshops, but they weren't really booking or um, had any um, African-American women there. And I, I just seen that as, okay, you know, I don't think it's a problem. I just think sometimes it's for uh, certain photographers, especially here in New York, it's kind of hard for them to approach a certain woman, especially the New York model. A lot of the New York models do mainly video work or music video work or a lot of like extreme glam work. So they're not really into the art world. I seen that as kind of a, as you know, I'm, an, I'm a business major. That's what I mainly studied in college. So I seen that as a end to just create and make some money at the same time, because it's like, okay, this is an, it's a niche. You know, I seen as a niche yeah. market that needed something to help. I know there was, I, I was like, okay, if I feel like this and I can't find any place to build my, 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 you know, my portfolio, let me make my own way. And I kind of studied what, the other photographers are doing and kind of just got into it doing it myself. It's interesting. You mentioned that, especially with the the way that COVID's happened. I feel like a lot of former meetup groups have shut down. Mm -hmm. So I I know looking in this area, I've got one that's really local to me, but I'm looking over their meetup page right now and they don't have anything scheduled in the near future. And I know there's that other one that we were talking beforehand, uh, the Stace Bernard group up in Southern Pennsylvania, but that's like three or four hours away. I was just looking. He's actually, sometimes he uses Scott Church's studio, which is in yes. Pennsylvania, but sometimes he uses a studio in Elkton, Maryland. So it's all around like that Maryland, Pennsylvania line. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, it, you know, and that's, that's the good thing about it is that it's expanding. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's really making really good strides. So shout out to him. He's really, then, you know, he books a books a versatile um, set of models. So that's pretty cool too. That's interesting. Yeah. You know what I'm actually seeing that, uh, the mega glam coming up in March 19th. I've been thinking about that. I got to talk to my wife and see if I have permission to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty far trip, but I think it will be cool because why I feel like it will be cool is it, it it's all of us that do the same thing in one area. That would be yeah. dope. It's kind of like going to a convention. That's how, how I see it. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's looking like what 46 photographers signed up right now, or is it, 46 models there's a 46 attendees so that's a lot yeah of 46 attendees yeah and I, I think i think he accidentally kicked me out the group he thought i was lurking so i, I, I gotta go ahead and put my deposit and sorry man i, I got you i wasn't lurking <laughs> so. that's mm-hmm. all right so just you mentioned when we talked for a second about scott church studio and i noticed that the two events you had posted one of which happened just just finished the other day and then one you've got coming up on the 19th there are two different venues do you do you have like a set of venues you work with commonly or do you just kind of bounce around the city and pick up venues wherever they have time so the great thing about um what i was doing is that i was i've seen that mainly a lot of these photography workshops we have a great great super set of studios shout out to them fd studios in new york uh we have a great they have two locations um, they also have locations in Chicago and LA. And I would say FD Studio has been a godsend just period for anybody looking to do type of um, book studios in New York, because like you said, um, studios and venues are all over the place, right? So realistically here in New York, there's tons of them, but they really don't promo like that. They like, it's kind of hard to find them. So realistically, when you find a studio and a, and a nice studio and then you, they have attractive, super, super duper attractive rates. Like I'm talking about, like you can get a four hour studio for like almost, almost 130 bucks. Like wow. it, 
really, really, really cost um, cost effective studios. Um, they pretty much saved the New York scene when it comes to just studios because we, we we were always starving to figure out locations, especially now in the cold, like it's freezing here. Yeah. So 18 degrees. So, you know, you can't shoot outside. You can't do anything. I, you know, I'm used to being in Miami. So it was just like, no, I got to find a place I can shoot. And that's when I found FD. And like I said, their rates were super, super friendly. Um, they allow workshops. They were cool workshops. So I kind of keep FD Studios as the home right now. Um, and I do do, you know, when I do do the live events, I do go to other studios. Um, but right now, FD Studios has been, you know, our bread and butter and where we've been wanting to do the event. Yeah, they actually look like they've got they've got what, like 25 different studios across three locations. That's ridiculous. It's amazing. And it's like and, and that's the good thing about it. Um, like even Brooklyn, they just built the Brooklyn one um, recently. Um, they just opened, I think, what it's maybe four or five rooms, beautiful, huge, like um, huge window rooms, like all full daylight rooms. Um, they're probably going to deck it out soon with, with some type of, um, you know, um, you know, as how would you say it, uh, decorations and stuff like yeah, that. But that's the yeah. cool thing about it. If you look at their rooms, they have different themes for every, um, for every single room at the LIC location. At the Astoria location, they're I literally just came, um, like I said, we had one the other day and we just came from there and they were, I like how they work because they, they had the boxes in there ready to start building themes in the Astoria location. So hmm. it's like they're very, very active, very, they're not just a studio that just has a space and keeps, um, just keep, you know, keeps it there and just says, okay, hey, we're going to rent it out, whatever. It's a studio that is looking to build with creators. Like that's really why I love FD. Um, and realistically, what they end up doing is they let you book in advance and you don't have to put your deposit down. Um, you don't have to actually pay for your deposit about till about 48. I don't know if they want me to say that. Sorry, Alfie, but <laughs> that's the great thing about it. They're super, super cool about deposits. And I think that's the most event. Like you don't have to pay up front. You can wait. So for me, for someone that has a business and a workshop, I can allow my customers to, you know, pay and then I can reserve the work, um, you know, the actual studio um, yeah. cost right then and no. there. No. Yeah, that makes sense. Because if you pay ahead of time and then for some reason you pick a bad date or just the things fall apart, you're still on the hook to pay for it, even if nobody signs up. That would Absolutely. be, yeah. Oof. Yeah, and, and that's the great thing about it. They're really cool about cancellations, moving things around, no cancellation fee. Great, great, great studio. It's huh. interesting. All right. So when you when you bring it in for your concept ideas for the workshop, do they are you usually using their existing studios or do you bring in your own set of props and background and things so like that? For like a, a Valentine's event, I um I knew okay that you know they don't have a, a bed full of roses, so I was like okay you know what let me build you know build bed full of roses. That's what we did for our Valentine's event last week. I made sure that, you know, I had a ton of roses that I bought and everything like that. But the great thing about it is that our event coming up on the 19th, they have a whole wall of roses. So, and it's like a whole floral um, room with roses. And then they have, a, it has a little bit of a grunge, beautiful kind of art deco look. It's it's a beautiful room, beautiful setup. Um, if you look at some of the rooms, actually I have like a, a really cool egg shape, egg See, you know, it's really, really dope. The models love shooting there. And that's the value that 
we kind of set also with some of our events, like we'll have one just regular standard event kind of we set our ticket a little bit lower and then we two, we, and then we'll have a second event at uh, every month at a super duper expensive studio that like, the studio is a little bit more expensive than that, you know, that 134 I said, but mm -hmm. it's more attractive because it has that theme and it has um it's a lot you know the, the space is beautiful it has that um um uh, the what not the white sorry about that the um how would you say daytime daytime lighting you know really really good gotcha. daytime lights it actually kind of warm the, the room it actually looks kind of warm and everything like that for photos so we actually end up booking at least that a premium event every month we we do charge a little bit of a um more high ticket price for that event but mm -hmm. it's always about that dope location. Yeah. So I would say the good thing about FE is that you can bring your own stuff and you can get, you know, you can actually have, they have stuff set up for creators to create at certain dope places. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I've never, I've never used a studio because most of the time as a, as an amateur photographer, mm -hmm. by the time I've paid the model, I usually don't have, you know, an extra, like you said, an extra a couple hundred dollars to rent a studio. And see, there we go. And if you allow me to segue real quick, sure. That's why I think workshops are needed, especially in the um, NFW space. It's kind of like this: pay a listener rate. Um, you have your listener rate. You do your deposit, then boom. Then you have to get your venue. You either have to get a studio or you can do a room. Mostly Bador, or you know, if you're doing a Bador suit or nude shoot, most likely nine times out of ten you're going to book a hotel room. Yeah. In New York City especially on a weekend <laughs> <laughs> let's get into it three hundred dollars yeah. for your room two hundred and fifty dollars yeah. for your room you unless have you're room. in a crappy like holiday end or something and who wants to take pictures there absolutely exactly you want to want to do a nice room and things like that and of that nature right so boom that's 250 300 then you still have a de hotel deposit on top of that don't forget your incidentals so then you're you, you you're at almost about 600 to 650 dollars right there so boom you shoot with a list of two hours then guess what you have a hotel room for, <laughs> for the rest yeah. of the night that you probably yeah. won't end up even using sometimes i've seen some photographers book a room and end up actually just leaving the room so that's yeah. a, a hotel room that you paid for for the night for no reason cost effective wise and and this is why i always tell to my to my cousin you you our ticket our highest expense most expensive ticket is 175 we're still giving, you know, you're still able to book and shoot with this model. And we do offer one-on-ones with that model. So you can still shoot with these models for, a, a, let's say, a quarter of what you would probably spend trying to book them by yourself. Yeah. Now that makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right. So speaking of kind of the pricing structure, I see you limit the participants to eight. How did you settle at that number? Did you, did you try workshops with four, try workshops with 10? We allow between eight, sometimes 10, depending on the room. 10 was our highest. I think the most of the biggest attendance we've had was about 11 people. Okay. And when we had that 11 people workshop, People, uh, not, not to say fighting, but one of the photographers called it. We, I was fighting for the model's face <laughs> and walked, <laughs> got upset and walked out. Yeah. So I'm huge on customer service. I was in sales for a very long time. I'm huge on customer service. I don't like an unhappy customer. You know, it, it reminded, for me, it felt like when I used to work in sales 
and a customer literally came back to me or gave me a phone call with a bad review or a bad feeling about what they, the product they got sold. So what I did, I changed the structure of things. I made sure to limit the amount of photographers that come, you know, and just put the ticket price up a little bit. Just allow photographers to do what's called, we like to call it now turnstile um, shooting, where people, you, you know, one the model is told to look at one photographer at a time. You know, pretty much we like at the last event I had um, one of our one of our helpers. He was timing the um, the photographers, basically a minute and 20 seconds, minute and 30 seconds each round. But you guys get to go diff, um, the different rounds. So let's say we're at one station and you're shooting a model. Boom, somebody shoots, uh, um, you know, maybe three or four or five poses. Boom, they take another, um, somebody else goes. Then boom, three to four or five poses, somebody else goes. They can do that maybe three or four or five times between the photographer, but at least allows each photographer to get exactly what they want with the model and kind of go from there from that. So that's how we kind of eliminated, eliminated that part where people have felt like they were fighting for a model's face with the paparazzi style. We eliminated that. So that was the great thing about having eight people is that these eight people understand what they come came to get and, and, and understand that they want to collaborate and get, what they want out of the um, workshop. So I felt like that was a magic number right there. Yeah. And that makes sense too. Cause an awful lot of time, especially with the amateur photographers is spent champing and adjusting the lighting and moving it around. Cause they don't know exactly what they want when they're putting it together. And there's, yeah, just a lot of, you know, let's move it up a stop. Let's move it down a stop. Let's move it back a little bit. Let's move it forward a little bit. Of course. And if you've got that lighting set up perfectly to start with. Mm-hmm. And that's the good thing. Okay, so that's how we kind of do lighting. Uh, we have daylight areas and we have flash areas. And I'm probably pretty much one of the only workshops that allow photographers to you know bring and use flash. And it's just, hey guys, play nice. <laughs> that's just the simplest thing about it. They could bring their own flash and share the flash. And we aren't children. We shouldn't be fighting over flashes. So I know other um, workshops say, oh, no flashes because no, you know, it's, it's, it's paparazzi, not really paparazzi style, but it's a lot to have people pass around triggers and everything like that. At our workshop, we do pretty much good fine with that because we allow them to pretty much, sh you know, share the actual trigger and kind of fluctuate and go through with the station. So, that, you know, it always works out. So how many workshops a month do you run? You've, you, I saw there were at least two on your schedule and you mentioned that there, you try to run like a big one each month and there's other ones. So we try to do at least two to three a month. We may add a date for the end of the month or we're going to add one for the beginning of March. Um, but definitely going to probably do three in March for sure. You know, cause it's going to start, you know, hopefully starting to get less cold. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely two to three a month you know three being the max uh, only because i like to give a lot of photographers time to promo and set you know me to prom promo and obviously set their schedules and uh, one of our you know people shout out to neville bu photography he he definitely has he fluctuates weekends he can only come certain weekends so i want to always make sure he can he's able to be there he um actually ends up doing a lot of our bts photography and our um video and stuff like that interesting i think i ask about this later but we're gonna go ahead and skip to it do you get a lot of i assume you that means you get a lot of repeat photographers rather than kind of uh, mm, go ahead so yeah yeah actually we do you know that's one good thing about 
this last workshop was the feeling I actually was sitting down with um, after it with one of our uh, workshops that we're helping build in the South. And I was letting them know, like, listen, it's, it's an amazing feeling to see these guys three, four, five times already. You know, that's, mm-hmm. I, that's what I like. I think I'm liking starting to like most. This is the, that was the ninth, I think, folk workshop we did on this um, six. And it just felt good that a lot of these guys have been back five or six times. You know, a lot of these guys have been back almost every, um, almost even every other time or every, at least th- um, three or four or five times. Uh, you know, some, I'll name some guys like Todd, Todd, um, T.A. Holmes um, on Instagram. Um, you know, you got Frank, <laughs> he's our resident. Uh, one of our, one of our guys is uh, 83 years old. Frank comes, Oof. he gets his chair and he shoots. And he was one of the first people to ever come to an actual, you know, workshop and Brent, I believe that Brent, I'm going to get his actual real Instagram in a second, but Brent, uh, Frank, he's one of our loyal members. He comes, he's all, he's missed the first, the first one in the year, the first two, but he said he's, he's definitely registered for the next one. So it's like have building the community. I think that's really where, what we were set out, setting out to do. And that's why I feel like it's working. And that's why it's beneficial for me to continue to do it. And what kept me doing it is that it, it's a community for people that want to take pictures, you know, you know, and celebrate with, you know, melanated models. You know, and you're not wrong either. And when it, if you're hiring a model yourself, it sounds like you could do two workshops for the price of what it would cost you to, heck, you could probably do three in the same price it would cost you to hire a model yourself and run out space yourself. Absolutely. And that's the benefit of, you know, coming to these workshops is, you know, because, you know, we always get people, photographers that enter, you know, without a DM or promo to or talk to on on Instagram and or, you know, other platforms. And they always say, oh, I like that one on one feeling. I like I don't like the group shoots. I want to do one on one model and everything like that. And I, I feel like that's totally fine. And I understand that completely, especially um, photographers who have their own studios or photographers that have in-home studios and things of that nature. That's, you know, fine for them. And, and it's, but we're creating a space for people that one don't have a home studio or, you know, or want to ha- or have a home studio and want to meet and, and, and kind of get in contact with models and network models because that's one of the hardest parts also within I think our world is the awkwardness the awkwardness the trust the working off references working off of hey this person's not a creep or weird you know it's we're creating an environment where people can meet work and leave and um, all our models leave happy you know They'll live, leave, um, you know, obviously get um, paid and everything like that. So they, everybody is happy at that. I think that's the best part about the whole thing is that everybody enjoyed themselves. We've had models write long paragraphs and tell me how much they love empowering themselves, you know, with the workshop and stuff like that. So it feels good to be on this end of, you know, of the, you know, the spectrum with this stuff. And um, realistically, I feel as if, a model also not even just photographers because photographers hey we're just saving money but a model also would rather go into an environment with a group of people work and work and network with photographers feel comfortable meeting a photographer knowing who he is in a group setting where you know they're obviously held accountable for their actions and 
then saying, okay, you know what? He's cool. He's not, a, you know, he's not, you know, like what they like to say is creep. I don't like using that word much, but you know, that's what some girls will say about certain photographers. Oh, he's not a creep. He's not weird. He's cool. I can actually sit and work with him on by myself. And we've had a lot of models book directly with photographers directly after our shoots. I would say about maybe, yeah, about 60, 70% of our models that I've worked at the workshop have booked with uh, photographers afterward. And so that's a space where they can meet and get an understanding of each other before they go ahead and go book privately. So uh, that's a good point. Uh, it's definitely a common discussion around models and how to like vet new photographers that they haven't worked with before and things like that. So it sounds like this sounds like a much safer venue as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, you know, obviously FD studios, big publicly known place, a lot of models. Um, reason, another reason why I chose there is because a lot of models, a lot of photographers in New York have shot there. They know the environment, they know where they're going. You know, they're not anywhere sketchy or, or anywhere weird, you know, it's, um, it's, 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 you know, when they leave and go home, you know, they go right to the train. I walk them to the train sometimes or get them an Uber or something like that. It's just an environment where everything is, is transparent and right there in front of them instead of, you know, it being having, you know, having to jump through hoops. And that's what with photographers too. Like they, you know, having to give models deposits and stuff like that. And they might run off with their money or, um, you know, having to kind of, translate hey i'm a cool guy let's shoot i just want to create beautiful pictures with you how do we shoot you know that's sometimes very hard for people to um you know get across on instagram or via dm or via email or via a phone call sometimes you know being there in person allows for people to get that understanding across to each other yeah and I imagine that a group of photographers like this or a group of people forces sketchy photographers to behave a little better. I, I assume that's what you've seen in the past. Have you had yes. any instances of bad behavior? Um, so no. And that's, I didn't expect that. I would say a photographer might've said something a little like, you know, a little, a little, a little out there and it's everybody kind of laughed it off, but it's that environment where, if it's like if you say if even if you're a little bit rude or not really rude, I wouldn't call it rude, but a little bit, you know, fresh, let's call it that. If a, if a photographer got a little fresh, like, you know, it, it you know, everybody kind of laughs it off and awkwardly moves on, you know, so and they know not to do it again. So it, it's mm -hmm. a good that's a good environment to, you know, kind of keeps everybody in line and held accountable for what they're doing is allowing them to understand like, Hey, this is not a space for that. This is literally art, bro. <laughs> That's yeah. what we're doing. Um, and I, even I've had a weird situation in the beginning of the year where I had a guy randomly signed up maybe an hour before the event even started came and, you know, wasn't dressed properly was dressed very weird, you know, um, you know, not to, say as a photographer supposed to dress a certain way, but just didn't look like someone, you know, things or look like someone that just found it on Instagram and didn't have a camera, didn't have any gear, tried to get in. And, you know, I didn't let him in. I let, had to let him know, hey, listen, I'm gonna give you a refund. Uh, he's just like, I'm, you know, trying to kind of look for his work because I kind of try to vet everybody that comes to the workshop. Um, you know, hey, it's, this is a place for professional photographers even amateur photographers, you know, let's try to, even if you're just getting started, 
So you have some type of work. You've done this before. Not uh, someone, I didn't even see a phone. All I seen was a phone in the, in the guy's hand. So I didn't let him. So I would say that's the closest I got to something weird going down at the, at the workshop. Yeah. That's actually an interesting point. I mean, there's been all these, I mean, if you, you can't hardly throw a stick on YouTube without seeing something like, you know, can you tell this photos from a camera versus a phone? Absolutely. So there's right. a lot of people that are using phones to do, but, but there's, there's a certain signaling power in having like a mirrorless or a DSLR camera. Absolutely. And that's the one thing is like, you know, Hey, if you want to book the model to go and, you know, and shoot on your iPhone in central park, Hey, that's totally fine. But here we're kind of, yeah. uh, you know, restricting everything to people that are, you know, at least on a certain level of, of professionality with, with the, you know, mm -hmm. with it. So looking at your next event coming up on February 19th, which should be four days after this podcast drops, I see that it mentions that you're doing different dynamic stations. What's a dynamic station for the purposes of a workshop? Okay. So realistically, we're going to be doing a flower wall. So there's going to be, um, you know, beautiful, uh, good lighting and, and, and um, like different, a certain setup on that flower wall and the flower walls in um and fd are pretty big it kind of spans the whole room so we're gonna have two separate stations on that flower wall so that one will be like a beautiful um nice uh green couch with the floral in the background that kind of everything matches and then there will be if you go to FD Studios now, now, I know you're probably um, looking at things. If you if you look at FDStudios.com, you go to Studio 7 in Astoria, that'll be, you know, kind of give you an idea what I'm talking about. And also there's, we'll probably have them standing, um, a standing uh, with LED uh, station so that people can shoot with LEDs. A lot of uh, new age photographers, contemporary photographers like to use LEDs besides flash. Mm -hmm. So have so having that set up. And then we'll have a setup boom for lighting, um, for daytime lighting. So when I talk, when we say dynamic stations, is that I'm mainly talking about the lighting being dynamic. Is you can use flash, you can use daylight, or there's a stations where you can just you can simply, um, like I said, use LED. It's really dynamic where we're, and also we do rotate our lights a little bit too um, at the workshop. So we make sure that okay, let's say the guys want to shoot hand. I'm really cool with. The guy saying, "Okay, you know what? We want to do this now. All right, let's get up. <laughs> Come on, let's yeah. pick up the <laughs> let's let's move some lighting around. Like that's one cool thing that I really like about us is that we're all cool. You know, they're cool enough to ask me, hey, Lon, can um can we move this and can we do this and I can I put my thing here or or can I bring a personal flash and and shoot real quick with this model? Yeah, as long as it's your turn and if you have your one on one with the model, you can go ahead and do everything you want like that. So that's pretty." much with, uh, with how we set up the dynamic things. Do the models have different outfits for each station? Or I know that you mentioned some of them do nude and some of them do lingerie and implied. Yeah. Yeah. So realistically, um, I have them uh, kind of, how would you say, rotate? I kind of say like a like a science project back in the day where we had <laughs> the during the science fair where you, you're here, you're here, and then rotate, rotate. So realistically, how that works is a model will be here doing lingerie, and then a model will be here doing implied, and then I'll have them switch outfits 
one will be there doing lingerie, one will be doing implied or nude, and and then kind of um, circling circling around stations, you know, maybe every 20, 30 minutes, and sw- switching out outfits and stuff like that. And then the great part about it is for one on ones, I always have the uh, models pack at least two or three um, extra, you know, forms of uh, you know outfits have them you know basically be able to uh, model it directly for it to be chosen by the actual photographer so a photographer if they book a one-on-one shoot um they can choose whatever outfits they they want the model to wear all right do the photographers ever bring models or bring outfits for the models we've had one photographer um bring actually he, he you know he brought a few um outfits that he didn't want to try have a model try on for the one-on-one you know, I, I'm going to try to start doing that maybe for Patreon members. Yeah, you know, bring your own lingerie if you want to have, you know, I'll list the, um, the, the model sizes. And if you booked your one-on-one, then you can have the model wear that. I think that'll be something that I'm probably going to start bringing in. You know, just a personalized mm-hmm. thing. But, you know, yeah. that's really what I've been trying to do with the Patreon community is, um, you know, to start personalizing things and having people like, hey, listen, you know, you do pay a little bit of premium to help you know, help the workshop out and actually help, you know, be able to get some type of perks when you do come to workshops. So what gear do photographers normally bring? Like I said, I'm probably one of the only workshops that allow people to bring their own personal flashes. You have guys that'll bring a whole C stand, <laughs> a whole C stand, <laughs> <laughs> their own flash system and everything like that. I mean, guys really take it overboard. Um, I like that though, because guess what? They don't, they share. That's the beautiful yeah. thing about it. Like I, I, I was so amazed to see people playing nice to each other, letting each other use different flashes. Um, I actually um, try to have a photographer of the month every month. So our photographer of the month was uh, Be Conscious uh, 90 his, um, is his Instagram handle. And it's Brendan. He, he pretty much was just a superstar today, like letting everybody use his flashes showing everybody kind of how he does his lighting. He does some of the best photos we've gotten taken at our workshop. So mm-hmm. pretty much, you know, he has, he had a whole flash system there and let people use it, you know, so anything, you know, we, we kind of are very, very open to people because I understand that lighting is everything. So to get the best photos and the best product, I'm going to allow you to bring your own lighting and just use it sparingly and use it at, at, you know, with the discretion of letting the whole, you know, the whole workshop build with each other and, and help out. So I think that's one of the um, unique things we have going on. Yeah, that does sound really cool. Is there anything photographers frequently don't bring that they should? I know there was that one guy who didn't even bring a camera, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to, you know, I always tell photographers, try to bring a car too kind of being cards like that that's why i think that's dying a lot everybody's doing the instagram thing because sometimes i have a signing sheet um and sometimes i'm um i think i forgot of like twice when i don't have that signing sheet and it's new guys i don't get their numbers at the end i like mm-hmm. the text like i text guys personally you know we they submit photos to me personally via text and everything like that i'm really cool with my phone number being out there you know bring a card like a card really helps <laughs> you know uh, all the yeah. guys that have their cards I, I collect them like i have them here and i can know the number i know i would have contact them i get their instagram sometimes i don't even get some guys instagrams until they tag me or some sometimes they have instagrams that are 
you know, separate from, you know, from their work. So it's kind of like really allow, uh, bringing something physical that I can collect and, and have. So I think that'll be something that they, people should separate. No, that's a good point too, especially because after meeting, you know, two new models and seven other photographers and you there, they're not going to remember ah, anybody's no. anything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, speaking of, you mentioned the, the networking aspect. So you said a lot of networking happens here. A lot of photographers hire the model afterwards. Anything else to say on the networking bit? That's like I said that before, it breaks the ice between models and photographers. Realistically, that I feel like that's one of the biggest issues that we have in this industry is no one knows how to talk to each other. <laughs> no one knows how to communicate. And that's just the world period. I think the world's becoming so, everybody's becoming so, uh, you know, in their own world that, you know, now it, that this gives people the opportunity to get out the house, talk to other people, especially now with, you know, with the COVID thing happening and everything, get out the house, talk to people, talk to models, talk to people, you know, um, talk to other photographers, people that love doing what you do, you know, and not feeling, because, you know, I'll be honest with you, one thing that I had to get over, especially with starting the workshop and, you know, being knowing my past in entertainment is the, the stigma of, you know, and, you know, and the NFC, um, not safe for work area. So to see other guys that are doctors, to see other guys that are, you know, have nine to five, regular nine to fives, successful nine to fives, but like to do this on the side to have a guy bring his wife and his wife is literally there helping Sebastian, who's one of our cool guys, you know, people that work with us, one of our coolest members, submits super, super dope photos. Um, he actually got the most published photos, I think 10 photos now published. Um, and I had him speak to everybody today, like, hey, Sebastian, tell everybody why they should submit photos and, you know, what's the benefit of it? So you were talking about the photographs and talking about submitting the photographs and publishing the photographs and so what happens to the photographs from the shoot uh, are they are they kind of like a regular one-on-one -on -one shoot where the photographer just can do whatever with them or right now the format i have it is is that pretty much photographers pay to come to the event and this was kind of something that we kind of it was a little weird in the beginning because models would be like oh well i want, I want all my photos can you guys send me everything and they have to understand that, hey, these guys are working guys. A lot of people, you know, and, you know, they're paying for a service. So, you know, photographers are coming and they're paying their money. So it's uh, it's the kind of the opposite when the model pays a photographer. So really, we have have pretty much, I would say, 50% of the community, 75%. I'm trying to get it up to 75%. But 50% of the community submits their photos. Uh, they're actively posting on Instagram. That's the best part. Everybody's posting on Instagram. Everybody's submitting their photos to be featured on our page, to be featured on our Patreon. Uh, the reason why I, I feature on the Patreon, I, you know, and that was kind of an uncomfortable thing too in the beginning because I felt like, okay, well, is a photographer going to be cool with me posting their stuff on Patreon, being that we get pledges and that, but that's money for us. But uh, you know, I want people to have a space. That's my my goal. When we'll talk about that with the Patreon, but I want people to see what's created at the workshop. I don't want, especially the um, NSFW stuff, it's kind of like, we can't post that on Instagram. I want a space where that can be celebrated as well. 
but also be behind the paywall so that models feel a little bit more comfortable that it's just not out there for the public to view. From the photographer submit submits, you know, certain NF stuff that not not safe for work stuff to my um, you know, to my email and everything like that. And then we put we put place that on the Patreon. We kind of circulate that you know within that community so it's kind of safer for the model so they're not just not everybody doesn't have their photos a lot of um, photographers do submit the um, photos for for publishing like i said before with um sebastian had 10 photos and they use kvar a lot of different platforms to get them published um and featured so mm-hmm. you mentioned that the models were asking about uh, so the models, do they get copies of those or just? Yes, just of course. Um, so models oh. do get pictures. A lot of the photographers do send um, the models pictures to post. They post what they like. <laughs> That's one thing yeah. I will say about the models. They will post only what they like. <laughs> but I'll kind of encourage them to grab emails and everything like that and get, you know, get everybody's information so that they can send photos back and forth. So I'll say majority of models, they do post their photos. That's actually the great part about the models is that they understand, a lot of them understand some um, so, um, social media, like Alyssa, she has a really good following. Uh, Faye Medusa, she's a good, um, a big model that has a good following and really, really big on engagement. Um, they really post and make sure that, you know, hey, they tag us and, and they're really cool with that. They really make sure they celebrate the photographer along with us. Uh, we make sure we celebrate the photographers too. So that's kind of like the biggest thing. Uh, what license do photographers and models receive for the use of the images? Is it just basically your standard? They can, the photographers can do anything with it. The models can share it or do you guys do anything um, specific? So um, this is where I'm at with that. And this was something that in the beginning was kind of a, 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 a executive decision I had to make where in the beginning models were very very concerned obviously to not say for work pictures where do they go where what rights do they have with it a lot of models don't want to be on in a site i won't name it um but pretty much the big site everybody's using to monetize content now models in it one photographers shooting um putting their stuff on there or anything like that so i kind of you know put that out there that yes patreon okay because it is a place for creatives it isn't a place that's sexualized it's a place that is for creative and art that other site <laughs> is you know for you know places so that's kind of like the only place we kind of ask people don't do not post things on other than that we basically allow you know photographers to use it for their websites things of that nature so we do have a, a model release that kind of just allows shows exactly where the photos can go but they do still get a general model release also that kind of just lets the models, um, you know, photos be used in publishes, pub- sorry, that publishing and, and different places. So realistically, we do, like I said, we just ask kindly <laughs> that it's not posted on that other site. But other than that, the, the, the photographers get a pretty much broad license on where they can use the photos. Interesting. What if they put it on their, like behind a paywall on their own site? That's like I said, as long as it, you know, as long if as it's it, not on OF. Hmm. Yeah, as long as it's not on OF, we can call it that. Yeah, OF is kind of like a just no, no. I will ask, you know, if they're promoting it or and somebody comes and take takes twenty photos and says, "Hey, come, you know, we're just hey, come see this model on OF." That's something I will 
kind of kindly asked to take down or talk to the photographer about haven't had it happen amazingly um you know most of our photographers are leaning towards the art side a lot of the photographers they are mainly doing the most place that they will do is like i said patreon and you know the models hey they they use it for the of i kind of give them free range over that yeah but you know just to keep it the power in their hands you know but also give the power and the monitor, you know, give also photographers a way to monetize and use their photos as well. So kind of be an equal balance, but obviously OF is kind of more for models than anything. So kind of kept it, you know, like that really. But, you know, I, that's really, like I said, this is still an ongoing conversation on that. But, you know, that's something where I feel as if, you know, I've, you know, just as a person, I feel more comfortable with photographers using Patreon and using more creative places and models. Hey, if they do want to use it there, tag your photographer, try to bring some type of money their way because they did take the photo. You know, that's mainly what I try to enforce. What types of photographers usually attend uh, your shoots? Is it normally a lot of amateurs? Is it a mix of pro and amateur? What kind of people? Yeah, mixture of pro and amateur. We have some guys that'll have 20 years. Like I said, like we have an 83-year-old Frank that's been probably shooting since we, we before we were even born. Um, <laughs> you know, you have people that are, um, you know, just and curious about it. Like I would say, I would have had the first brand new photographer. Like this is the first time he took a picture of a woman ever. Stupid kid photography. He, um, he's, you know, he was somebody that was brand new, super, super new. He was pretty cool um so we'll have a mixture of you know pro pro you know pros and amateurs and they're you know and i like to say let the amateurs know listen to these guys listen to the pros because they're going to teach you how to operate in and create create quality photos within this community and kind of set things you know set yourself up for um you know getting things you know to be classy because that's one of the, another reason why i started the workshop as well is because i feel like the representation for african-american and latina models in the art world isn't there and it's mainly glam and glamour stuff that are that you know that's being glamorized and you know the music video stuff the vixen looking stuff i call um you know and also the um how would you say I call it the uh, over airbrushed stuff. And, you know, yeah. it, it, it's kind of like a, a thing there. And it's kind of like, that's not, you know, we can create art also. We, um, you know, um, we can create art with those type of models. We can create, you know, art with Latino models and stuff like that. They just not exposed to that type of photographer, those type of photographers that are going to create beautiful, more, you know, more artistic value portraits than anything. They're not, they don't have that. You no, know, those photographers don't, necessarily contact them or don't have a chance to suit them because it's that weird stigma between those environments which I, that's what we're trying to break all right what types of models usually attend right now i like to keep a cool mixture sometimes like i said we have a mixture of models that are just getting into doing the art you know art modeling some models that are just getting kind of in the actual um you know that i call it <laughs> i just like it's sorry if I keep calling it this, but the glam airbrush world that are looking to do a little bit more artistic stuff. Mm -hmm. We have models that are doing, you know, just did music videos before, and now they're looking to get into, you know, other stuff. So we have, we have a broad spectrum. I always try to book a broad spectrum of models like Alyssa. She's more or less the art in the more in the art world than anything trying to branch her into, you know, you know, working more with people in the art world a little bit safely and things of that nature. So, 
it's a real big mix of models. Do you usually get many new models, like models that are trying to break into this type of modeling, or is it typically very experienced models? Um, so I do have new models, um, always approach us. I do like to put them, I, I kind of call it the Ricardo Sandy's boot camp, <laughs> but uh, I try to do like a small shoot with them before uh, just to get them comfortable with posing, get them comfortable with, you know, being in that environment, kind of making sure, obviously a little vetting them a little bit, making sure they are who they say are, their IDs are correct, everything like that before we even work at all. You know, because models that don't have a portfolio or don't have any other work to show, there's no guarantee that, you know, you're going to show up. There's no guarantee yeah. that you're doing. So I, you know, I want to, you know, get a little bit of skin in the game with them. So we usually, I usually set up like live streams, live, like virtual workshops with them where I, that's how, what I call the live streams. And that allows us to have like a one, you know, a one-on-one -on -one photo shoot or a photo shoot with a guest photographer and kind of build a little bit of a portfolio stuff with them first so that they're kind of used to it. And obviously if they're used to doing um, posing nude, uh, we get them used to doing that, show them that, hey, you're not just going to you know, sit there and, and pose like that. You, you know, you're going to do artistic poses. We're going to teach you what to do and how to, you know, how to pose and things of that nature. So I like to put, um, you know, put them in that position to kind of grow first a little bit and work with us a little bit before we put them into a workshop. But if a model has a little bit more experience, we definitely just throw them um, right in. A lot of them have done power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we throw them right in. Because <laughs> a lot of them, they, they like, especially the ones that done power shoots before, they know exactly what to do. And that's yeah. one thing like, um, like, like Amber, she's like really experienced. Alyssa is extremely experienced, probably shoots every weekend. You have uh, Faye, who shoots a lot. She, she's, she throws her own workshops for, for models. Like she's very, very experienced. You know, so we have a different range of models. And like I said, the new models, we want to kind of get in, you know, used to it. But really the super experienced models, especially in, the, um, you know, we're going to have like a few events with uh, pinup models that are that, that have already worked with a lot of photographers and things like that in the networks and kind of go from there with it. Probably don't want to throw a pretty new model in with a bunch of different, a bunch of different photographers. You don't know where to look, you don't know who to pay attention to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. we're going to kind of teach them that. And also, and it also allows us to a little bit of a vetting process because I get to know your reliability. I get to know, Hey, you know, your communication, because that's a big factor in this. You know, we want to have models that are active in the community, not just, Hey, we're going to pay you a little bit to come shoot some, some shoot some photos and, and that'd be that, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. not what we want. So we talked a little bit about pricing. You mentioned they run, it runs, uh, what, uh, what'd you say, between 125 and 175 for shoot? Yeah, so 125, 175. Uh, members save $20 every time they go, go come to an event for life. So once you become a member, you you know that's paying one time full price. You pretty much get $20 off um, any event coming up. I usually shoot, shoot an email to our email list and give discounts actively and allow also for our you know photographers to be able to understand like okay listen this is the pricing you know but 
again, Patreon members, they save $50. So that's like a huge, this deep. All right. That was, was going to be my next question is how do you become a member? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So Patreon, you can sort So if you want to become a member without becoming, going into um, a workshop, like let's say you have a workshop coming up and oh, I want to be a member before you join the virtual membership on Patreon. And pretty much that gives you uh, between $25 and $50 off a ticket. Um, once you're on Patreon, and on with access to that Patreon, you um, kind of get an extensive archive of a lot of photos behind the scenes. You get the access to the live streams, and also you get to come to all the events for, like I said, twenty five to fifty dollars off. So pretty mm-hmm. much you're looking at the lowest ticket price being almost like ninety bucks to come shoot for two and a half hours, two models, unlimited. It's um, almost a no brainer ticket right there. Yeah, and we also. Seems- ridiculous yeah and you also have a hundred dollars a month where if you become a patreon member for a hundred dollars a month you come to all the events um all you know all two or three events we throw every month no you know no no door fee or anything like that you just come in and shoot that's it so for the hundred dollar a month patreon tier gotcha yeah that sounds like a pretty good deal so we've talked a little bit about the price of the venue that you're renting do the models get there normally hourly or do you have, do you typically have like a negotiated rate where, you know, we'll feature you in so many workshops and your hourly is this instead? Yeah. So we, what we do is we pay a flat rate to the models. So the models can, you know, they do make money for coming for the, the, the group session. And then with the one-on-ones, they are booked for paid, paid rates, you know, for, you know, obviously a deep discount on what the usual rate is because it's only for, you know, within the workshop, but they're paid directly by the um, photographers for those, you know, for those one-on-one sessions of shooting. They're able to, they get, they get that flat rate for the shoot and then they get a couple more hours of one-on-one time. Usually is that how that works? Absolutely. Yep. Model can shoot up to about, I think four times four 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 of any of those slots. So they can shoot two 30 minute slots and then two um, 15 minute slots, about an hour and a half of um, solo shooting. Um, after, um, you know, at directly after the shoot and pretty much that gives a model almost about almost an extra hundred to $200. And, and our, our, uh, members are, you know, heavy tippers. They're like, they love the models. Like they'll always, you know, put money on top of that. So it's pretty much, you know, a really, you know, just something there that's set though. So that, you know, base lot base rate. Absolutely. Yeah. So the mo- it's worth the model's time. The photographers get what, you know, what they paid for. Everybody leaves happy. And that, like I said, that's yeah. something that I, you know, I like about now with this event. I've had very little complaints from models, very little complaints from photographers. Um, and when they are complaints, I handle them one, two, three. And, you know, that's, that's a right. good thing to be in this field and really not have to deal with much issues. You know, that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, true that. All right. So it looks like we're just about out of time. Is there anything else that you want to hit before we close this down? One thing, um, so I want to cover really quick about the video. Um, very important, we do allow video during our, you know, either one-on-one session or during our shooting. Clearly with lingerie, um, we don't want any videos floating around of models without any clothing. But, you know, definitely during the lingerie, those, glam, you know, those new videos you guys seeing on, on your feeds with glam models, with, uh, you know, with models, um, you know, really, really dope you know, real content for Instagram reels. I think that's something that all workshops, if you guys are hearing me, we should, you know, all add it. I don't care. Like I'm, I'm not super competitive, but I will say we do allow <laughs> it. 
at our workshop simply because the, the algorithm is changing on Instagram. Yeah. You know, you know, there's the behind the scenes video and video of models. Um, you know, a really good person that does it is you know, so I'm um, one of our good followers. You know, he he does a lot of good glam video. He's been doing it from day one, so I always kept him in mind with that. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I should allow them to do video as long as it's doing lingerie, as long as it's tasteful, and it allows them to be able to keep up with the algorithm. Um, you know, Instagram is changing every day, and Instagram literally right now, certain feeds are only you know you're not seeing your regular photography anymore. You're seeing video. And then you might see a you know photography here and there. So I'm keeping that conscious within you know our environment and making sure that you know photographers can come and shoot video in some type of glam video with our models. That also that runs into Patreon. Like that's a good thing about our Patreon is that we allow um, we're gonna have a, a big big announcement coming where we're going to start allowing having a lot more 4k video at least once a week a video um, going out of some glam stuff and and some um you know nsfw stuff so realistically an nsfw um bts more 4k video so we have a lot of stuff coming to the patreon that i think is going to be a lot more valuable stuff that you can't see on instagram bts you can't see on instagram um just to kind of <laughs> build that yeah build that community and also keep it tasty tasteful but have fun with it to allow that that to have a place to live because there's so you know we have we've been making sure we built built content so that you know it can make you feel like you're there you know we want photographers mm -hmm. other photographers and or you know let's say you're a photographer in africa and you can't come here but you would want to see what the experience of behind the scenes of shooting at a workshop you know you can come and celebrate with us on patreon so that's something that we're definitely going to be adding to the patreon soon no that's definitely cool i uh speaking to somebody who's only been to one workshop well one i guess meetup it wasn't even really a workshop but yeah, the, these things are kind of a black box from people looking on the outside, looking in. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. So that about does us. Uh, where can everyone find you online if they want to connect with you after they hear the podcast? All right. So it's going to be Ebony, um, at Ebony Art Workshop on you know Instagram on meetup.com. It'll be Ebony Art Workshop. Pretty much anywhere, Eventbrite, Ebony Art Workshop. If you want to come to an event, you can come to go just visit ebonyartworkshop.com and pretty much you will be able to go directly to booking events right there on the page. We are doing the New York City area and um, we are going to be doing a collaboration in DC and in um, somewhere in Maryland with the upcoming photo house, you know, in the next couple of months, um, kind of expanding and kind of doing things a little bit all over the East Coast. So keep a lookout for that. And also we just don't do work, um, in-person workshops. We do virtual workshops with certain models. So keep on um, look on our feed for that. Um, that's a part of our Patreon membership as well. And sometimes we do some on Instagram live. So keep a lookout. Yeah, no, I do like your, uh, the way you've got your link tree set up with the uh, yes. tickets, the upcoming events and everything. It's nice. Thank you. Yes. So thank you. All right. And with that, we are done. Check us out at the NSFW Photography Podcast.com on Twitter as at NSFW Photography, Instagram at the NSFW Photography Podcast, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app.